Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. So we listen to the Word as it's spoken, and interestingly, we listen even if we don't understand, because listening is a doorway to understanding. So we may not understand now or never fully understand, but listening um, clues us in. The Spirit speaks to us when we listen, and God helps us to hear. So listen for this word as, as we find it in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land, but when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail to tell me of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Christ, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The session that you elected to serve and to help guide us has been meeting, drumroll please, to talk about elevators, electricity, uh, and heating. The, the, the session does spiritual work, but they also talk about practical matters. Our 1967-ish elevator is um, ready to be replaced sooner than later. Our exceptionally friendly repairman, who we've gotten to know very well, says that not only parts are, are, are no parts available for the elevator, but no parts are available for the elevator on eBay. So our elevator will need to be replaced. 
the boilers we use that are located in the building across the street that heat this building and that building, they will need to be uh, repaired to a very uh, a large degree. They're, they're old too. Um, we don't, aren't sure. Uh, and our electrical service in both buildings needs to be updated. Replacing these things will cost a small fortune. So you will not be allowed to leave today <laughs> until after we raise $1.9 million. <laughs> I'm kidding. You have a very good session. And on top of, uh, they're on top of this. They really are. They've been praying about it for quite a while. We've, we've been working on it for quite some time. We have money in the bank. We have you in the pews. And thank God, we have God. Or more rightly, God has us, right? God has us. So we're in good shape. But despite the fact that God is with us, it's easy to worry about the future of the church. Uh, it's a national pastime among pastors. We worry about the future of the church. Most churches, after all, are getting smaller. Fewer and fewer in the people in our country attend church. This is a fact. Attend church or synagogue or mosque. Uh, will we be able to pay our bills 25 years from now? How will congregations housed in historic buildings like our, our building is, how will we be able to afford upkeep? None of this considers the cost of staffing, the cost of utilities, even the rising cost of toilet paper. Let the hand-wringing begin. Many in the worldwide church have been fretting about the future of the church for a long, long time. Uh, what, what is the future of the church going to look like? A decade ago, a decade ago, Tom Long spoke these words. They were true then, and they are especially true now. He says that many pastors, church pastors, suffer with future fatigue. Have you ever heard that word, those words? Future fatigue. Once upon a time, he writes, ministry involved preaching, counseling, leading worship, and guiding congregations and mission. All were demanding tasks, to be sure, but they were nothing compared to what is expected of pastors today, predicting the future. Clergy conferences now trumpet words like emergent, postmodern, next, and futuring, a vocabulary born out of apprehension that the church is crumbling around us and the future is a giant meteor hurtling toward our doomed planet, end quote. When people look backwards to the past, they see a church that had more people, that had more programs, more, more, more. We can look back and see that. And when people look forwards into the future, they imagine seeing fewer and fewer congregants and less and less. But being tugged by the glories of the past and the unknowns of the future can leave us listless and dulled to the present. If we're always looking back or looking forward, we forget to look around and see where we are now. A, foot with, a church with one foot in the past and one in the future doesn't have a leg to stand on in the present. Don't you like that line? One, one foot in the future, one foot in the past, you don't have a leg to stand on in the present. I think I stole that from somebody, I just don't know who. 
is that the kind of church you want to be a part of? Stuck in the past or worried about the future? Is it? I'm not interested in being part of such a church. Yesterday at the funeral of our beloved Bill Gamble, we gathered here in this room, and Rachel and I preached that passage that I just read uh, from, uh, Josie and I just read from Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews wanted to encourage her readers by mentioning how God has been faithful in the past, working through the ministries of our ancestors. God has been faithful in the past. This weekend we celebrated the past and we are celebrating it to a large degree. This afternoon at 1 o'clock we celebrate the life and the witness of Wanda Tuchel. And we see and we, we, we affirm what God has done in and through her life nearly her 100 years on this earth. And yesterday we celebrated the life and the witness of Bill Gamble. And the, the, the day before on Friday we celebrated the life and the witness of uh, Diane Miller. And next Friday, we celebrate the life and the witness of Bab Souter, another faithful saint for, for many generations. We can, as we remember these saints, we can almost see God's work tangibly being done, blessing our world, blessing their families and our families through their family, God blessing our church. That God has blessed us with such faithful saints with you, that God has blessed us with one another is good news for the church. Our session has developed a, well, I don't quite know how to put it, a, an attitude, I suppose. And we really did this before Christmas last year. That's when this work came to a head. And we published that work in the form of a, um, sort of a where we are, mission summary of where we were at that time, which you've, you've had and you've read um, it's a working attitude, and the idea, I understand, is borrowed from Abraham Lincoln from his days of uh, steering barges on the Sangamon River. Uh, let's steer to the next river bend. That's all we can see. So let's steer to that next bend in the river. We can't see beyond that, so let's be responsible for the voyage we are on today. Not the voyage we can't predict for tomorrow. This is true for the life and the ministry of the church, but it's also true for our life and ministry in the world as individuals and as families. Let's be faithful now, not worried about tomorrow or glorying in the past. In other words, be faithful. I think that's the message from Hebrews today. Be faithful in the now. Don't get stuck looking backwards and don't get stuck gazing into the murky future. Moses and David and Gideon and Mary and Martha, they didn't worry about our problems. They worried about theirs. And one reason they're remembered is because they were faithful in their day. Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble, what is it? Today's trouble is, today's trouble is enough for today. So let's, let's worry about the things we have right now to worry about and to pray over and to think about and work towards. Not those things that linger way off in the future or those things in the past we celebrate or regret. Today is enough. 
Mal Nigren wrote this uh, beautiful pamphlet to help us celebrate 150 years, written in the year 2000. Um, in it, he masterfully talks about the decisions our church made in the past. And he goes through several of them. And the gist of what he's saying, I think, is that this church is known for being faithful in the moment. Some decisions seemed unwise at the time. They seemed unwise for the future of the church. But the church then, we weren't living in the future. We were living in the present. So, we formed new churches. We divided our membership to form new churches when we could have spent time building up our current membership. He calls this cannibalizing the church. And we did it over and over and over again. Not because we were nervous about the future, but because we wanted to be faithful in the present. And people were ready to start new churches in other parts of this area, and we helped them do so. We did so by the grace of God. We spent money, this church spent money on foreign missions when we could have been building up our own bank account, when we could have been preparing for that rainy day. Had we done that, we could have had more money to pay for the elevator and the boilers and the new electrical service. But instead, we were being faithful in the moment and we helped found and support churches and ministries on every continent. This church did these things in the most unbusinesslike manner. Those are his words, unbusinesslike. <laughs> the name of the pamphlet is The History of an Unbusinesslike Church. And the point is, we aren't a bank. We aren't a financial institution. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are called to be faithful. And he suggests that this church has been. The writer of Hebrews wants to encourage the church by reminding the church of all the people who've come before us, right? And by the grace of God who have kept the faith. The people mentioned were not perfect people, just as we are not perfect people, but they are people through whom God worked. These were the all-stars of the Old Testament that, that the writer of Hebrews is mentioning, and the people as they heard this, as they read this, would be nodding. Yes, these people have led us to where we are. Yes, we remember their words. Yes, we remember and are inspired by their faithfulness, their activity, their actions, their sacrifice. Yes, they have sustained us. God has sustained us through them. The writer is saying, you are one of these people. So take heart and have courage. Rejoice in the Lord. Do not be discouraged. Keep the faith. The writer of this letter to the church, uh, to the Hebrews, wants his readers, wants her readers to believe that God worked through these Bible story headliners. And as God worked through them, God can and will work through us. And as our ancestors trusted the promises of God, we are invited to trust the promises of God too. To live out God's call, we have to be present enough to hear it in the first place. And we can't hear God's call if we're stuck somewhere in the past or, or lost in a cloudy future. 
We have to be present and here now. And it's only here in the silence of this time that we hear God's call for us now. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And with hope and joy, let us run the race with perseverance that is set before us. Amen? Amen. I want you to be thinking about what you're being called to do now, who we are being called to be now. And I want you to roll up your sleeves and whatever that is, however you see your, yourself fitting in, step, step up and, and get busy to the glory of God. To the glory of God. Amen. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week.